Hello and welcome to In the Back Room. I'm Mr. Shank. And I'm Mr. Woods. And today we're going to be talking to you about Christianity, which is SOL 7A through C. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Sort of. We do. But before we get into all of that, we're just going to roll off with uh, uh, our opening phrase here. Uh, Temendi causa es nascere. All right, we can begin. So the, the life of Jesus, we're talking about Christianity, so it makes sense to discuss the founder of Christianity. Um, what we know um, about him is all from the, the New Testament, right? Yeah, yeah, those first books of it, the, uh, the Gospels or the Evangelic Gospels. Mm-hmm. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And all of this is recorded after Jesus' death. Um, somewhere between 40 and 70 years after. And what I've gathered from reading is it's not that this was purposely done. They didn't wait 40 years after, but it was sort of, they thought this whole everlasting kingdom of heaven thing was going to be like right now. And then it didn't happen and didn't happen. And then it got to the point where, you know, maybe we ought to write some of this stuff down. Yeah, yeah. How much uh, more would we have if they would have written it down right away rather than waiting 40 years? It's much like sometimes the kids' homework. They wait 40 or 70 years to write it down. (laughs) Yep. It's a a shame. It's a shame. Um, So uh, that's the first four books of him. And did you want to get, like, where he was... Um, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the old, and we know the Old Testament, um, that's the Jewish uh, version of that. Um, with, when we talked about that with the, with the Jews, with uh, Moses and um, Abraham and yeah. so forth. Yeah. And that's all, I think there's, I, I want to say it's 40 some odd books that make up the, the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the mosaic texts and, and like the prophets and, and those, uh, those missives that go in with that. And then we have the New Testament, <clears throat> which is the life and story and teachings of Jesus, uh, and then expounded upon with other letters and psalms that mm-hmm. go with that. And all of that taken together, wrapped up in a nice neat bow, makes the Bible. Yeah, Old Testament plus New Testament equals Bible. Um, so if we're talking about the, this figure of Jesus, uh, the, the Greek Yeshua, Yeshua bar Yosef, or Jesus, the son of Joseph, um, born in Bethlehem somewhere between 6 and 4 B.C. Because um, we messed up the dates. Yeah. Do you remember when we messed up the dates? Uh, I think it was like the 5th century. I always want to say like the 200s, but it's, yeah, I guess I it's the 5th it's century. Fair. Dionysus Exigus was the guy's name that screwed it up. Um, Math was tough for him. <laughs> I don't know why you put the guy in charge of the calendar that sucks at math. But uh, so yeah, Jesus is born in Bethlehem in Judea. Uh, his family was on their way back to Nazareth for uh, to comply with the Roman census. Um, there's a uh, sort of a prophecy in place that this uh, king of the Jews is going to be born, and of course Herod, who was the king of Judea, sort of sees that as a threat. Um, and when the the Magi, the wise men uh, from the Nativity story, don't show up to uh, tell him about this this new Jesus that they were going to visit. Uh, he just blankets uh, Bethlehem with the massacre of the innocents. I think it was anyone under the age of two, any any male child under the age of two, was supposed to be put to the sword. Now, whether or not that actually happened historically, uh, we don't know, but it's part of the narrative uh, here, and that's the explanation for. Um, Jesus and his family's 
flight to Egypt. Right. Uh, and then we don't know a lot about that. And we don't really know a whole lot about his return from Egypt and, and living in Nazareth other than some stories about how he impressed the Pharisees with his knowledge of, of um, like the mystical text and, and that type of stuff. Um, really, most of what we know comes from when he starts his ministry right around age 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and that starts first in Galilee, where he's from, up in Nazareth, and, and right around the uh, Sea of Galilee, and then eventually spreads as far as Jerusalem. <clears throat> and then most of the area that we're talking about is in Canaan. So yes. if we say, like, you know, Jerusalem <clears throat> or Galilee or Bethlehem, like, it's all basically in Canaan. Yeah. So if you hear us say cities, just understand that it's basically all in Canaan, the, the promised land for the Jews. Um, Which is sensible because Jesus is Jewish. Yeah. That's something that gets lost a lot. I mean, he's born and, and grows up Jewish. Um, and there's different uh, ideas on you know what his teachings were, whether he's trying to reform and Hellenize Christianity or if he's a, a pretty adherent Jew and is just following... Uh, that through and recognizing the problems within the the community of faith itself. There's some debate over that. Um, But I think the last thing I read um, was an article from the National Geographic, I think, like an archaeologist had been kind of examining some of these sites. And I think that what they found was a lot of Judea, even a lot of Galilee up in northern Galilee, uh, was relatively adherent to... The, the same form of Judaism being practiced in Jerusalem. Uh, so they're not really like hillbillies like had previously been thought. So mm-hmm. they don't really think that Jesus was this kind of Hellenistic philosopher, but saw him more as, as a relatively um, pious and adherent Jew uh, who was attempting to uh, adapt or, or fix the faith. Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't realize that and that uh, Herod did that with the mm. under two. I didn't. Well, I, I think it's one of the Gospels talks about it, and one doesn't. I think it's Luke and maybe Luke and Matthew. I know Luke has uh, a nativity story in it. I want to think it's Matthew. Is, is Obi Wan in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and Vader. I think it's Luke and Matthew that talk about the nativity. I don't remember which one has the massacre of the innocents, but only one of them does. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that's gonna bother me that I can't think of it, but it'll probably take too long to find. I'll look. Okay. Um, so yeah, he returns to Nazareth. He makes his public ministry at thirty. Okay, and um, he arrives in Jerusalem. And like I said, keep in mind everything here is in Canaan. Is that that promised land for the Jews? And um, he all the things that we will. Um, talk about and what he's kind of like giving this public ministry and that basically means that he is giving like a on-the-go sermon kind of if you want to think of a public ministry like that it was matthew's gospel matthew's massacre of the innocents is in matthew okay um, and luke talks more about the the birth of jesus that part of the nativity mm-hmm. so like taken together they kind of give us this whole story okay i got you um, you have down here with all the past ever last supper betrayal. How did you want to go about that? Um, so the way I, I talked about it was kind of just a narrative. We we took the time to make sure that we explained what Passover was and since we didn't we don't have an episode currently on the Hebrews, um, right. which is unfortunate, we'll have to amend that. Uh the Passover is the festival kind of honoring the uh the Exodus. Um so the 
last plague to hit Egypt um, during the captivity of the Hebrews, um, which was the angel of death, visiting Egypt, taking the firstborn son of the, uh, well, really anyone who did not have the lamb's blood of their door, which caused the angel to pass over that home. Mm -hmm. So we have the, the feast of Passover. <clears throat> so Jesus arrives in Jerusalem right at Passover time, which was kind of a political move, um, or at least viewed to be that way. Uh, both on the side of Jewish leaders who saw this as kind of a move to not only gain new followers, but also kind of it's an opportune time to spread your ideas when you've got half a million Jewish people in one place. Um, and then on top of that, the Romans the Romans saw Jesus as a bit of a troublemaker anyway, which mm -hmm. is kind of um, uh, befits anybody who's going to stir up uh, sedition. the pot. Yeah, sedition. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Which is the, the crime that he is eventually arrested while tried for at least um <clears throat> so he's betrayed by one of the apostles by judas um and the the romans come and arrest him they take him to uh the head pharisee who you know approves that he's been arrested and that these crimes are are real then he's taken before Pilate, um where pontius Pilate was one of the he wasn't the i think he was the governor i think he was like a like a provincial governor, like, yeah, yeah, I think like so less too. than than that, Slightly but less. but anyway, um, so uh, Pilate sees uh, the the oversees the trial, if you can call it that. Um, Jesus is convicted of sedition uh, and sentenced to death. There is in one of the gospels they talk about you know the the freeing of an, an individual. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was kind of like a. Because he was like a bar, not a barbarian, but he was like a, a ruthless criminal, whatever right. his name was. And uh, they're Barabbas. Like, Barabbas, yeah. The reason that the Jewish people chose to free Barabbas over Jesus was, I mean, not everybody agreed with what Jesus was teaching anyway, because he's going against the established faith. And they saw Barabbas as somebody who was violently willing to kill Romans, which is kind of what they wanted to do anyway. So he was the obvious choice for them to have set free, which was kind of like a means of pacifying the Jewish people like okay it's Passover we recognize your festival we're going to free one of the one of your criminals you know um, and so that was kind of the opportunity to free Jesus and that's where uh, um, the Jewish people get a lot of bad press for like yeah. crucifying Jesus because they didn't free him but you know in the time and place Jesus is a passive guy who's mm -hmm. trying to change what you believe and the other guy's willing to violently oppose the rule that you want gone there's, it was kind of an obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. Given um, given that situation, I probably would go with what they want. Yeah, sort of know? like a forest for the trees kind of mm -hmm. thing. But um, yeah, so Jesus is tried and he's executed on. Um, I, I think that's it's called Calvary Hill, but it has another name too with a G, and I can't remember it. But well, it's the where the uh, Holy Sepulcher is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, crucified, dies, is buried, and according to Christian theology, on the third day. He is resurrected. One word that was a struggle <laughs> yes. on the test, right? That's, that's next week's salvation yeah. and resurrection or next week. Revived from the dead and then ascends to heaven. Yeah. Well, um, what was he teaching? So the beliefs uh, and teachings of Jesus' early Christianity, it follows on along the lines of uh, standing as Judaism, for the most part. Um, still monotheistic, meaning that it is one God. You know, he's not trying to completely unfound um, their beliefs. That's why it was much easier for um, the Jewish community and some of them to hop on board his teachings. Um, he was teaching the Ten Commandments, the, the covenant with God, all things that Jews follow. So, again, it's not completely flipping it. 
the salvation um, even for the Gentiles, and Gentiles would be non-Jewish people. Correct. Okay. Um, so I think that, and I think Paul does that same thing too. Yeah. yeah. Later on, it just it gives. Um, it's you get more followers, especially because not everyone is. Um, yeah, I mean, if, small if you're, if you're preaching Jewish. to the Jews, it's a pretty small population yeah. of people, especially in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, but even today, it's it's proportionately a very small group of individuals. Well, most of them live in uh, Jerusalem, well, Israel, yeah, and then um, the rest of them live Everywhere. here. Yeah. Well, like, not yeah. like, but the majority. Yeah. If you go like first and second, I think it's like here, maybe thirds, like South America or something probably, like that. Probably so. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest difference for Christianity, the the under the concept of monotheism, Jesus refers to God as the Father, and that is one of the big shifts that Jesus is this Son and incarnation of God, mm-hmm. uh, and that hung up a lot of Jewish followers in the beginning because you know God doesn't have a Son; God created all people, and and so there's no children, there's no spreading of the divinity, um, but that's where we get into kind of theological doctrine and he's the son and also one with god so it's a little bit messy there but um but yeah jesus refers to god the father and he is this promised messiah the savior who's going to deliver um what what a lot of people thought was deliver them out of roman control Mm -hmm. um but what jesus was at least uh in in kind of his early preachings and then definitely his followers later expounding upon it was it's not so much about saving the Jews from the Romans, it's about saving people from damnation, from sin. Uh, and that's really what that concept of salvation yeah. became. Anybody who's willing to ask for forgiveness and repent sins can achieve the everlasting life that he promises in his Father's house. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you're the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter if you're under Roman rule the rest of your life, like the ultimate goal is salvation. Mm-hmm. So uh, the message is pretty i understand why people would follow that message for sure yeah and especially the people it appealed to i mean the people who have been stepped on their entire lives mm-hmm. i mean this religion spread most commonly through women uh through Slaves. those enslaved and even just the poor, poor. Mm-hmm. yeah so it, it was a religion that spread through that and when it gets to spreading to the upper classes it's more of a fashion statement kind of thing is how i explain it like Popular. Oh, well, all of the other rich people are Christian, so we're Christian now, too. Or all the empire emperor's Christian, Constant. so we're Christian, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, illegal in Rome, you have uh, the apostles. Basically, yeah. the apostles are the one who is sent. So the, the, the difference between the disciples and the apostles, basically, are the apostles are people who are, like, they don't have to directly know Jesus, Right, I think, the, I think the only one who didn't directly know Jesus Paul. was Paul. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess the biggest difference with the apostles, like, so disciple means student. Um, so disciples are anybody who saw themselves as a student of Jesus. Okay. Whereas the apostles kind of took that on. All I always tell the kids, it's like all apostles were disciples, but not all disciples were apostles. Right. So, like, they were students of Jesus, but then they became, like, the literal followers of Jesus. I like that. These yeah, are the people that who followed sense. Jesus around. Um, and then went a step further than that, and after his death, continued to go around and preach what Jesus had been preaching. And I have martyr on this this sheet because all, but really, I guess two, um, you could say, were martyred. John um, dies of natural causes, and yeah, <laughs> and uh, and of course, then you also have Judas who who committed suicide mm-hmm. after betraying Jesus. So those two, um, not so much martyr, but 
pretty much everybody else died a fairly violent death. Some Brutal way deaths. more violent than others, but all violent deaths in the yeah. name of their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and like like it says, Christianity was illegal, and it was it was definitely frowned upon by not just not just non Christians, not by, but just by pagans, but especially the government. They saw this as kind of seditious behavior. If yeah. you were a Christian, first of all, you're doing this underground. You're not practicing it publicly. Um, and you're not going to take the name of the emperor. You're going to despise the military. All the kind of things that Rome is about, you're not going to be about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that became a problem for just the consistency of rule. Yeah, I mean, the worship of the emperor and the uh, following of the legions was like, that's like Rome in itself and expand yeah. the empire. And if you're going against that, eh, not going to be too good for you. Uh, we were talking about Paul a little bit earlier. Paul was the first Christian missionary, and a missionary, if you don't know, is one that basically goes to other places around the, in his case, around the known world, and preaches a particular religion, and most of the time, it's Christian missionaries, um, when we we think of missionaries, but a missionary can be anybody. A lot of them were making comparisons to, uh, like, kind of how Ahsoka did it, because Ahsoka spread the religion, maybe not, like, personally, but is responsible. By sending those missionaries Mm -hmm. out. Yeah, I... I always show the kids the map because I have a map that shows Paul's travels and then I have a map that shows uh, kind of like the phases that Christianity grew in and where Christianity first spreads is everywhere that Paul went to. Mm -hmm. So like Paul used to be somebody who persecuted Christians, converts to Christianity himself after a vision of Jesus and then spends the rest of his life clear up to his execution going around and, and talking to other Christians and, and convincing people to convert to Christianity and this was all in secret. What allowed it to happen, though, is the fact that, one, Paul was a Roman citizen, mm-hmm. and two, the Pax Romana, which mm-hmm. we haven't talked about yet. It'll be in our next episode. But the Pax Romana is this period of peace within Rome. Um, I mean, Rome is expanding and fighting wars on the frontier, but in Roman territory itself, things were pretty good. So, not, there's no more civil war, really. Yeah, yeah. So you could travel around. I mean, roads are being upkept. So... He could go from one end of the empire to the other with relative ease. It's just as long as he didn't get caught doing what he was doing, uh, it was easy to spread whatever mm-hmm. he was spreading. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, he was well-educated, too. I think that yeah. also helps that he's able to spread it through the letters and so forth. And in Greek. Mm-hmm. In Greek, yeah. Which is, I have ichthys down here, the Jesus mm-hmm. fish, right? Which is, uh, re- <laughs> that's what it gets called a lot. But, but yeah, it represents uh, Jesus Christ, the mm-hmm. Son of God, who is the Savior. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and my understanding is this was, you know, one, it's a, it was kind of like a secret code in ancient Rome. Because if you have a fish, nobody's going to really see that as G- Jesus Sedition. or Christianity. Yeah. or yeah. But it, it kind of marked meeting places or could identify other Christians because if you show one, draw one half of it, the other person draws the other half, and boom, you understand you're on the same page yeah. without actually having to get in trouble, um, which which is clever. But it shows it you is, kind of yeah. the the secrecy <laughs> that was necessary, that you're not only using a different language than people in, in Rome itself to do this, but you're also coming up with, with symbols and acronyms to kind of hide mm-hmm. what you're doing. Um, clever, for yeah. sure. And then that moves us to Peter, the first bishop uh, or pope. Uh, basically, that'd be the, the symbol leader of the, the faith of Christianity. So, like, the if you're, like, looking at it in today's terms, it'd be Pope Francis. And he's mm-hmm. from Argentina? Yes. Okay. 
think I'm like after like a few years I'm, I always have like I want to say Brazil or for yeah. some reason Venezuela yeah. I like, definitely want to be Venezuela yeah I'm pretty sure it's Argentina it's Argentina yeah uh, but he's like the if I you think want, he's he's the first boat from from, from, yes, from the uh, Americas or South America non-European yeah, he's non-European. the first non-European because there's never been an American pope right so yeah I preach oh, I preach that I I say that I teach that in class I'm like hey and it was cool because um Benedict the Sixteenth, the previous pope, resigned during our lifetime. He's which, still alive. Yeah, and he's and that doesn't happen. Kind of hangs out in the in the Vatican Palace. Well, he was supposed to have medical issues. Yeah, but yeah, they thought he died like within a year, but he didn't. Yeah, and this has been like what Pope Francis came in in twenty thirteen. It's been five years. Yeah, yeah. He's like in his maybe early nineties. Yeah, I just think it's really cool that you know the resignation of a pope isn't something that happens very often. I think no. I think it's only ever happened one other time. Really? I was thinking that I I know the last time it happened was something in the neighborhood of like seven hundred years ago. So like the odds of that happening in a lifetime is is crazy. Well, he was like a Nazi, wasn't he? Who's that? Benedict. Only, I don't know. Actually, I, don't I know. know. I thought that like, I was I was thinking they, he looks they, like the emperor. They knew he was like he had like, affiliations with the uh, the Nazi party. No, that's possible. But I don't know. Like maybe more stuff came out. But I do remember. That. I know. I, I know. Like, I know. Even during like World War Two and stuff, the Pope tended to. I mean, don't do that. But didn't like step in and actually try to assertively right. do anything. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of yeah. Especially when 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 Catholics were just as persecuted as like the Romani and yeah. Jews in in Nazi Germany. That's true. And then Peter uh, establishes the the Catholic Church, and this is kind of like where the the faith kind of picks up. And this is all kind of like the center of this is inside of the Rome, the city mm-hmm. of Rome, um, from that point. But eventually, we know from studying uh, here recently that the capital Rome is moved. Oh, the seat of power, I had to explain that, mm. is moved to Constantinople, and Constantine I does that. Mm. Um, and, and this is several hundred years later. Yes. Um, I was actually telling the kids, uh, the, that article that I read about Christianity, they, they found a house on the southern coast of the Sea of Galilee that they, they call it, there was a church built there, I guess, like in the first or second century, somewhere in that, um, that they called it Peter's House. And it was built, they have recently begun like archaeological excavation under it. And they found a a house, like a Jewish domicile, and in like excavating that house, they found that it used to be a home that was then converted to what they called a meeting place. So like all the regular stuff in your house is removed and there's lots of candles brought in and like the walls are done differently, but it's a meeting place. So they, they actually have found archaeological evidence to sort of support the fact that this could have been the house of Peter or Peter's mother, that then became like the first quote unquote church, the meeting place for the apostles after the death of Jesus, huh. which is kind of cool. I yeah, think. yeah, it is cool. I like that. Um, but in order to become like the official emperor, he has to win against another competing emperor. Yeah, I think there were like four, four total. There were four. Yeah. yeah, everyone's at this point. This is when basically once the Pax Romana is over after Marcus Aurelius and the last of the five good emperors, things go downhill. Um, I won't say very quickly, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, yes. in a couple hundred years. Yeah, it goes down quickly. And Diocletian, like Diocletian, took power after a pretty rough period, like twenty six emperors in fifty years. <laughs> And Diocletian takes power and then, like, splits the empire in half and gets, like, a co-ruler. And then inside of his side gets, like, another co-ruler. And then they're all fighting for power. It's, uh, it's, it's a, very messy. Is it a tetra... Or it's something like a... a it's a te- tetrarchy. I think that's what tetrarchy? it's called. Tetrarchy? Yeah, is what it's called. Sense. Yeah. Um, 
And then Constantine uh, goes about to go to this battle, the Battle of uh, Milvian Bridge. And so I thought you have here um, that he, he saw it in the sky. I thought it was something in his dreams. Well, yeah. It supposedly it, was in his dreams, but seeing it in the sky in his dreams. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's about it with the yeah. confusion. Okay. The uh, Inok Signo Winkes, or by this sign, conquer. Yeah. And the sign would be a cross. Mm-hmm. And then... And I also thought that he had, like, multiple, uh, like, almost, like, priests from different religions in his, like, army. Mm-hmm. So that way he could kind of consult them, like, and, of course, he's like, well, let me consult everybody. And he consults the um, Christian priests, and they're like, oh, that's a very good sign. It's a very good sign, and this is what it means. This is what you should do. And then he paints, well, he has the soldiers paint the cross, cross on the shield. On the shield. And he ends up winning that that battle of Milvian Bridge, and then he credits that to Jesus, yeah. and God, and, and basically the like faith. showers Christianity with gifts after mm-hmm. that. It's like fund all of the priests, let's build churches everywhere, and then eventually, very shortly after, he actually gains power, mm-hmm. um, issues the Edict of Milan um, from Milan, Italy, um, mm-hmm. but but which legalizes Christianity within. Well, actually, it, it offers freedom of religion. Period. Yeah. Within the Roman Empire, yeah. so not just Christianity, but but you can practice any religion free of persecution within the empire. Which, you know, three hundred years before you get killed for. So it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, did they tax you? Do you know if they just like if you had different religion than the state religion, they would tax you? I don't know. That I mean, I would not be surprised, yeah. but I don't know. Because, I mean, that could be a form of persecution, though, too. Yeah, that's true. I'm not sure. It's true. Um, I don't know. And then you have, in 325, you have the Council of Nicaea and the Nicaean Creed, which is the church church doctrine. Basically, this is, like, sets up all the the rules and so forth. And, like, I was explaining to the kids, like, the Nicaean Creed wasn't, like, something that was come up with and nobody knew. Like, every person who practiced Christianity recited this every time they went to a church service or a mass. So you're looking at two to three times a week um, that people are reciting this. And it it outlines exactly everything that we talked about earlier with the beliefs of Christianity, like monotheism, that Jesus is the Son of God, that we believe in salvation for sins, that we believe in the church, that we believe that Jesus was, uh, you know, suffered, died, was crucified, resurrected, and ascended. Like, all of those things are outlined in this. So this puts everybody on the same page of what they believe. What that also does is it gives you a whole category of people that you know say they're Christian and don't believe that, Mm -hmm. which we call heretics, um, or people who are going against established church doctrine. So now you can persecute heretics (laughs) for not for not being the the right flavor of Christianity. The Mm -hmm. biggest one was biggest one I remember was the Arianism, um, which isn't the same Arianism that you might think, but it was um, it was that they I'm trying to think they did not believe they they saw. Jesus as not being the same as God, but a separate figure, mm. um, which you know, blasphemy. Yeah, it goes against the the the, the, say the creed. Yeah, not the Assassin's Creed. <laughs> although, <laughs> although I'm telling creed. you, man, I'm <laughs> I'm telling you, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I know. I keep, I keep, wicked, I keep hearing. I keep hearing it's great. So I really need to just jump on that. You should get Origins too. Yeah, I think that's it's probably Origins is cheaper now because the new one's out. Isn't it like thirty bucks for Odyssey, or is it not anymore? Odyssey's not thirty bucks. Well, maybe, maybe well, it was on sale for that. I think yeah. it's back up to regular price now. But um, but you can usually pick up. I think I picked up um, Origins for like twenty bucks at one point. Okay, so. okay, not bad, not bad. But, 
Um, that what edict? That one I'm not familiar oh, okay. with. Okay, so so in 380 is the edict of Thessalonica, and so this is done by Emperor Theodosius, and it goes so mm. 313. There's freedom of religion. In 380, the only religion you can practice is Christianity because it's now the official religion of the so, empire. If you're not practicing Christianity, you're wrong, and boom, uh, we're back to persecuting everybody who's not Christian this time. Yeah. Okay. That's. I was thinking that's what it was, but I like I because I knew that's what I, I taught with uh, Theodosius, and I, mm-hmm. I I make the reference with uh, Theodosius Theo and like you know religion, yeah, religion like associated like well it's only one religion now and you better practice Christianity yeah yeah so it's just it's nuts to me how like how quickly that changed you know what I mean you go from yeah. like the Edict of Milan I compare to the the kids today like that's a that's a pretty big step to open up complete freedom of religion in an empire that did not previously offer anything like that and then to revert so quickly back to okay now we have one religion which is christianity this is official it's the only religion that you can practice everybody else is pagan right these these village field folk who don't know one thing from another they're not christian um so we're going to you know uh accuse them of crimes and and you know execute them it's just crazy to me how quickly that switched around you could think of it like the let's say the the civil rights like gaining civil rights and then like now all of a sudden it being like let's just say all of a sudden boom no you don't have that anymore right you you know it's only like you know one race right right it'd be nuts that'd be insane and i mean the thing to me is like it's possible that you had people who were persecuted for practicing Christianity that lived to see Christianity become legal and then also lived to see it become legal to persecute people of other faiths. Yeah. Like, how crazy is yeah. that? Yeah, that is, that is uh, wild. I don't know. Um, did you want to go over the Judea? Oh, um, yeah, so, so there's a map on this sheet of paper. And the only thing that I, I realize now that I don't have on here is Nazareth. Uh, which is probably a, a worthwhile city to have on here. Um, but maybe I'll put it on to the cover that goes online. But up, uh, up by the Sea of Galilee in northern, uh, what, what would be Galilee then, but northern Canaan uh, is where you would have Nazareth. So Christianity kind of trickled south. It, mm-hmm. it really started in Nazareth with Jesus' early, early teachings and then spread to um, Jerusalem. But you also notice Bethlehem south of Jerusalem. So like that's where they were when Jesus was born and then fled south to Egypt mm-hmm. and then now uh, back up to Nazareth and then slowly working their way south uh, along the Jordan River. And the Dead Sea off to the east. Yeah, which I, d- I don't have the Jordan River on here mentioned, but that's where um, Jesus was first proclaimed to be the Son of God. Like He goes to the river to be baptized by John the Baptist. Um, and John the Baptist recognizes him as the Messiah. Um, and this was something that actually a lot of people believe John the Baptist was the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And so the, him recognizing Jesus and telling people that, like, you know, I baptize with water, he's coming to baptize through fire, like, to save the world. Um, and, like, then when he baptizes Jesus, and it depends on the version of the Gospels, but, like, Either Jesus is told that he's the Son of God, or a voice proclaims to everyone in attendance that this is the, the Son, Son of God. God. Mm. Um, so that's where Jesus really kind of becomes verified as this messianic figure who's mm. going to go on. And that's where he gets, it's not his last name, Christ. Uh, I didn't mention that on the paper Mr. either. Mr. Christ. Yeah. So Jesus is, is his name, then Christ is a title, which comes from the Greek Christos, which means Savior. Um, so Jesus, Messiah. the Savior, mm. Jesus, the Christ, or the Messiah. Christos. 
And then you have the the church hierarchy with at the the bottom. A, a hierarchy would be like a a pyramid, mm-hmm. like where you rank in that, um, whether it be like, you know social pyramid or in this case a church pyramid. Mm-hmm. Priests are at the bottom at like the local level. Then you have a bishop. I say to like think of it like a county, mm-hmm. and then think of like an archbishop is in control of like the tri county area. Right. The diocese, but we'll talk about that. I don't yeah. know if you have yet. No, I have. I have not. And then the cardinals and pope like work together. Yeah. And the only way to become a pope is to be selected from the cardinals. And the cardinals is a weird group because they're like in charge of both. Like you can be a, a priest and technically become a cardinal, mm-hmm. um, but you're still a priest too. It's it's just a weird organization. But yeah, they're they're kind of like the governing body of the church. Yeah. yeah. Well, that uh, concludes Christianity. We got that done in about a half an hour. Yeah, not too bad. Um. Well, thank you for uh, joining us. And as always, the cause of fear is ignorance. Excellent. All right. I'm Mr. Shank. And I'm Mr. Woods. All right. Have a good day.